It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Flyers 3-2. A thrilling, thrilling victory for the Vegas Golden Knights, who now run their win streak to start the year up to 7-0, 14 points. Banked for the defending Stanley Cup champions, and to help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bringing the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan? This one wasn't easy, as you know you tend to get with a John Tortorella coach team. They're going to make you work for it. The Golden Knights had to work for it tonight, and when they needed a spark, they find it in Paul Cotter. An unbelievable move, power forward, everything you want to see from Paul Cotter on display in that game-tying goal. How have you seen... Paul's game grow early on this season? I think that he is, by his nature, a confident person, Mm -hmm. but there are times, like any young player, trying to navigate the highs and lows of professional competition. You win some, you lose some, and, you know, what do you do next? You know, Paul has begun to figure out how to kind of channel those emotions, and, you know, he has shown a propensity for the dramatic. He's you know, got those skills, he's got the toughness, and he's clearly got the determination. So when all those things line up and he delivers that consistency, which he's finding more and more, now you see plays like that. When you see him with different guys on the ice at different times, he has been with Carlson and Amadio to start last couple of games, and uh, it seems to me that Will Carlson you know, makes everybody around him better. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's that's yeah. sort of a given at this point after six-plus years. But uh, I think that, you know, you get comfortable with those guys. Paul knows what he's doing with anybody. But then you just get a little extra comfort and match that with his determination. And uh, I think you're seeing what, uh, you know, Paul Cotter can do is, is – uh, Pretty darn good, I'd have to say. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been pretty darn good. We, we've talked about William Carlson and how consistent he's been over the course of, you know, the first seven games. But, you know, maybe somebody we're not talking about too much or, or enough is Shea Theodore. In the absence of Alex Petrangelo, I think what you're seeing from Shea Theodore is just uh, kind of confidence in overtaking games as as the, the minute muncher for the Golden Knights. And then he comes through with a big-time goal with 31 seconds left, there's something about Shea Theodore scoring under a minute, big time goals. Uh, you know, you, you just you love to see it, and there's there's confidence in his game, assertiveness in his game, and, and you have to wonder uh, just how big a step Shea Theodore has taken early on this season. I think he was a little closer to the net for this one compared to the <laughs> one December 19th, 2017 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That was a great one. That was with yeah. only a few seconds left. This he had like half a minute. Yeah, you know, I'll be interested when Alex Petrangelo does return, how John Stevens and Bruce Cassidy you know, divvy out the minutes. It's clear that Shea is performing at his best or is getting closer to his best when on a regular basis he's getting those minutes. But you also have to guard against, you know, getting a guy too many minutes too early in the season. It's a long year. And you see that, you know, kind of from night to night or every couple of nights, John Stevens will have one guy take the lion's share of minutes. Like, tonight it's going to be a Petrangelo night. Tonight it's going to be a Theodore night. Now, it's not as though he goes into the game with an exact plan, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Game dictates minutes and, you know, special teams and so on. But you get the idea that as a game goes along, you're going to lean on one guy 
uh, on a given night and try to ease off somebody else who might have had a difficult or long arduous type of performance you know every game's a little bit different so all in all um you know to me i, I think that that what Shea is showing bruce cassidy even if he has shown it to us here in las vegas for six plus seven years he is uh, showing bruce cassidy that when given an extra role extra minutes that he ends up playing some of his best hockey you know one other aspect that you look at in this game is is logan thompson right the the cam atkinson goal it's it's a tough one to give up at that juncture in the game but from that point forward Logan Thompson was perfect. He shut the door. There were a couple of really good looks for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, just kind of speak to his ability to park that one and really deliver for his team the final 40-plus minutes of the game. Yeah, it's – I can't say any bit surprising at this mm-hmm. juncture. Like, you know, when Logan, you know, perhaps earlier on, it's been a couple of years that he's been around. Um, not that he was an all-star when he first came up, of course. We didn't know that. But – you know, there are times when a goaltender can become frustrated, your, your focus strays, you become distracted, you're thinking about a miscue, and it kind of leads to uh, more difficulty. That wasn't the case today. You know, Logan did not appear rattled, and every sequence around his net, he looked himself. So, yeah, that is going to happen on occasion. You limit those mistakes, and you hope that it happens on a night where your team scores plenty of goals. Yeah, Knights went from scoring five goals, five goals, to back to just three today. But as we know, three is enough. <laughs> and, hey, if, if, if you can keep opponents off the scoreboard the entire second and the entire third period, that means you're giving the Golden Knights, as constituted, a pretty good chance to win any game. Get a couple of points from Jack Eichel, a goal for Ivan Barbashev. Does it feel like that line's kind of on the cusp of breaking out? Um, I think Barbashev got a little bit better. I think this was one of the stronger games, Ryan, and it sounds like Bruce Cassidy is stepping to the podium if you'd like to go to that. All right, let's go downstairs to Bruce Cassidy as he addresses the media. See this a lot in the last year plus, but what is it about this group that you guys keep finding ways late in games? Well, we've got talent, for one, so it's not like it has to be one line or a power play or whatever. I mean, our power play probably was as least effective it's been in a while tonight when we could have used it, but... You know, Paul Cotter hops over the boards and makes a you know, great individual effort. I mean, it was a good play to get out of our zone by Corsi and, and Carly to support it, but pretty good play one-on-one. And I think we have guys like that that can, different guys that can help you win. I think that's probably the simplest answer is we've got a lot of good players that um, can hurt you offensively. Go to Alan. Uh, hey, Bruce. Uh, Alan Snell with LVSportsBiz.com. Uh, as a coach... Uh, what do you do to try to jumpstart the team when offensively you can just tell it's things are just not clicking through most of the game? Well, some nights you can't, I'll be honest, and that's why you lose hockey games when you score one goal because they just don't have it or the other team's better, checks better. A night like tonight, we tried to, in the second period, we got down to three lines, so maybe they get a little more rhythm, more touches. So the three guys that are out kind of sucks for them, but it's more about, okay, well, let's get, into more of a rhythm with the other guys. And um, you hope you don't have to do that because you want everyone to feel like they're, they're part of the team and contributing, but sometimes that's what you do. We move Carly up with Stevie and Stoney and, you know, left a couple of his wingers sit for a bit. And whether it's right or wrong, that's one way you can sort of get guys going a little bit. The guys that aren't playing maybe have a little motivation when they do get out there and then to sort of, well, I better find my game if I want to play. And, um, but in general, like I said, it's 
I think the team eventually, they know the temperature of the game too, and you can hear them on the bench. They know they need to be better. You're down a goal, so it's, it's not like you're that far behind. But you do have to find it, and that's what happened tonight. Eventually in the second period, I thought Logan made some good saves in the second, but at least we were pushing at the other end, right? We were generating and we're starting to break them down a little bit where we had some, some good looks. So now you're thinking you're going to find it as long as you get the save. And sometimes you have to do that. I don't want to say trade chances, but you're going to need saves at one end and get going at the other end. And that's where the second period got us a little bit of life at least. And we carried that into the third. <coughs> Paul. Paul Los Santos, the Hockey News. Bruce, Paul Cotter mentioned earlier in the season he wanted to be more consistent in the ice. How have you feel he's played over seven games thus far? Well, that's still a work in progress uh, for Paul. Some of it becomes a the game within the game. If, if there's a lot of power plays, he's on the second unit. You know, he wasn't always at the start. Sometimes he misses some, a bit of his rhythm. So, you know, I, I think he's trying to consistently be physical and bring that part of the game. Uh, I know his awareness on the ice when he comes back to the bench. He's in the game. So that's a part of growing up too, is to stay in the moment, um, not get down on yourself or if you're not playing, let your mind wander. So I think he's trying to do those things. Um, at the end of the day, he's not a guy we're at, we've ever talked about once this year saying he needs to sit down for a game to go, you know, sometimes for the betterment of, you know, we like where he is. Um, as I said, in the second period, I just made a, a decision that I just explained just to try to get other guys going. He happened to be the victim of it. He was, I don't think he was any worse than anybody else. I just, that's what I did. Go Chris, then Jesse. Hey, Coach. Uh, Chris Golick, Vegas Hockey Now. Somewhere about halfway through the second period, the shots were 15 to 7 or something like that in favor of Philadelphia. Besides shortening the bench, were there any other strategic adjustments in that second period to get things going? Well, we felt that, okay, we had 68 shot attempts. Our D had 33, right? So let's just call it half, 50%. And that's the way I think Torts' teams typically play. They're going to collapse, protect the house. We certainly do some of that. And so what we talked about is our D creating shooting lanes and shooting for sticks on the ice by the first layer because sometimes it's easier to block a shot when it's two feet in the air, right? You got shin pads, et cetera. So that's one thing we absolutely talked about. I don't know how much success we had doing it or moving. And Korzak went down the wall one time, it opened up some ice. So that frees up a forward up top if you change sides. So there was ways to create shooting lanes and where it did come in handy was on the winning goal. We got movement, and we got movement up top, got them out of lanes, forced them to chase us a little bit, had a little more patience up there. And as a result, we, we got one through to the net. So I it started in the second period with our D being a little more creative in finding their shooting lane. Sometimes you have to shoot it right away. That's fine. Uh, and sometimes you wait. And I thought we did a better job with that. Jesse. Jesse Granger, The Athletic. Um, you mentioned when you go down to three lines, it's not necessarily Paul Cotter's fault. Is there messaging to him when that's happening? And the uh, second part, I guess, is do you think it says something about him that he steps up and makes that play Well, it's he, that? a sign of maturity that he stayed in the game, right? Because maybe last year he would have drifted and said, oh, the coach, you know, he's not using me tonight. I don't have it. And, and takes himself out of the game mentally. So I told the guys between the second and third period that, you know, yeah, some of us need to get, our, get, get attacking the slot a little more and be more involved in the game because that's the type of game it's going to be. We scored a slot goal early, Barbashev, by going to the net, Jack's rebound, who slot they scored one going to the net rebound that you know they bat out of the air but that's the type of game you know i think torch's team's force you got to get in there you got to get in there and if you're not going to do that 
because they don't give you a ton off the rush, then you've got to have your D moving, creating lanes to, to find some offense. So that's what Paul did. He happened to do it one-on-one, -on -one, but he did get inside at the end of the day and got a good look from there. So, you know, um, good for him for doing that. And I don't know last year if he would have had the presence of mind to stay in the game to do it. I mean, I, I can't say yes or no, but I can say that he did do it this year, right? So that's a big positive <clears throat> or today. <clears throat> ben and Mark. Ben got Las Vegas Regional. Uh, Bruce, you just mentioned Ivan Barbashev's goal. What did you think of his game tonight? Uh, he was more involved. I liked his game. He was around the front of the net. Even the game-winning goal, he's, he's, he's right on top of the goalie, right in the blue paint. Him and Marshy are going there, getting their nose dirty. Again, slot battle, right? Doesn't mean they're going to score, but they're the ones that, if he's not there, I think Hart probably makes the save. I think it might have hit it off Katuri anyway, but you, you know what I'm saying? He's got a lot easier chance to see the puck and make it. So I thought he was more involved, working to his spots, uh, better on the walls. Um, so good, good for Barbie. Listen, he's a good hockey player. We saw it last year. It's going to be his game's going to get in order, and their whole line's going to get better. So it started right away. I thought when we had a rim, Marshy gets it off the wall underneath to Jack. Right now we're coming out of end with speed. We saw that over and over last year in the playoffs against everybody. Now Philly did a good job checking back, so it became a two-on-two, -two, but it's still a rush opportunity where we we might get an opportunity to go. So Barbie had some of those plays as well as Marsh. So I thought the whole line was back to maybe a little more of what they looked like previously. Uh, Mark Anderson, AP. What does it say about Logan that he was able to shake off that second goal the way he did? Yeah, you know, those games like now, you know, an hour ago, I wouldn't, I would have been kind of, if we lose this game 2 1, it's going to stink um, because of that goal. But now you win and, and it forces him to battle through a little bit, right? He lets one in that he knows he should have. It happens to every goalie in this league from time to time. So he makes some saves in the second to give us the chance. So it's not 3 1, they don't extend the lead, right? And that's where I give Logan a lot of credit. Maybe a bit like Paul, right? That way, stays in the game mentally, knows that, okay, but, you know, battles through and, Good for him. That, that you need that, and that—that's that's how you stay in the league too, though. To be perfectly honest, you can't be a young guy that gets affected by every mistake. All right, your first year, there's always a little bit more of that, um, but after that, you got to be able to shake it off and know that uh, we trust you, Logan. You're a good goaltender, and the team trusts him to make the next save. So that's part of it as well. And he did. He did his job, and it was full value for it. <clears throat> we'll go last two to Chris and Paul. Hey, Bruce. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's a really young team. It seems they're really well coached and, and they're really bought into that system. They kind of forced you guys to play their game for, I think, long stretches of, of the game. But is a win like this a little more satisfactory knowing that you, you kind of got dragged into their game a little bit? Yeah, listen, they've, they've won three out of their first five games. So, I mean, we can say what they want about what we thought they might be or what they may be down the road, but they're a good hockey team right now. Um, and we knew that. As I said, I... A lot of respect for Torts, how he coaches his team. They're always going to work hard. They're always going to give you a game. There, there's certain things you know to expect, the shot blocking, the filling lanes, clogging the slot, where you've got to find ways to create an offense. You can't cheat. And they're going to be a little more direct offensively maybe than some other teams, so you know that. <clears throat> so, yeah, I feel good about our game and our win. To, to be able to come back and find ways to create offense goes to back to making a few adjustments, but also goes back to the guys saying, hey, this is what's in front of us, so this is the way we've got to play. And... That was what was in front of us, and we started adapting better and getting our nose dirty, getting inside, and, and as a result, we were able to, to push them a little bit in the third. That's where I noticed a difference. Our, our team's been around, and they, they sense a little bit of, hey, we're coming. Um, I thought they backed off a little bit, got more conservative. That probably helped us a little bit to get through the neutral zone a little cleaner, but at the end of the day, you still got to put the puck in the net, and we are able to do that. 
Palo Santos Hockey News. Bruce, just a quick update on Nicholas Waugh. He left the game late. Uh, any updates on him? Uh, he was walking around. He was sore. That's all I know. He'll get, uh, if he comes in tomorrow morning, he's not feeling good. He'll get looked at further, but um, that's all I got for him. It's almost midnight, eh? Can we, yep. can we wrap it up? Let's thanks, Nick. <laughs> thanks, Bruce. All right, thanks. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 3-2 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. And with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu-priced pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS at PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the VGK post-game show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Make your next family outing extra special and save some money with the family four-pack available now at VegasGoldenKnights.com. This offer includes tickets, hot dogs, and drinks and is available for family-friendly matinee games like Friday's Nevada game against Chicago. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2. Vegas now 7-0. On the year, 14 points in the bank, and the 16th time in NHL history a team has started the season 7-0. and So for the Golden Knights, pretty good start to the year. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. You just heard it from Bruce Cassidy. Nick Waugh, third period, left the game. He had a really strong shift, uh, went to the bench, hunched over right down the tunnel. And as Bruce Cassidy said, he was walking around. He was a little sore. That's the extent of the update. We'll, we'll get more on, on Nick Waugh probably in the coming days, certainly before Friday's matinee game against the Chicago Blackhawks at 3 p.m. here inside T-Mobile Arena. But for right now, Nick Waugh is kind of the, the one you're keeping an eye on. The other one, if you're the Golden Knights, uh, is Alex Petrangelo, right? Petrangelo skated yesterday in a non-contact jersey. Today took part in morning skate. Didn't play tonight, but uh, it looks like Friday's maybe the target. We'll see how things progress on the Alex Petrangelo front, but that's what it looks like in terms of injuries right now for the Golden Knights. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and the Golden Knights started the game on time, and my night to shine came through early as Ivan Barbashev opened the scoring for the Golden Knights. Atkinson winds it behind. Out in front of shot save. Rebound, they score! Ivan Barbashev on the spot to clean it up and give Vegas a 1-0 lead. Second goal for Barbashev after getting no points in the last five. He gives Vegas a 1-0 lead. Ivan Barbashev from Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau. Six minutes, 54 seconds into the first period, made it 1-0 Vegas. But the Flyers answered back six minutes later as Joel Farabee fed Noah Cates for his first of the season. And on the right side, a centering pass, trickle. Score! Locks a contact. Thompson is down on his belly in front. Noah Cates appears to have scored for Philadelphia. It would be his first goal of the season. Noah Cates from Joel Farabee and Travis Sanheim. 13.07 of the first period ties the game at one. And the Flyers would take the lead late in the period as Cam Atkinson threw a puck on net that bounced off Logan Thompson and in. So back it goes to Cam York in the defensive end. Up the wall for... Tip it. Rink wide left. Atkinson. Theodore picks him up. And off of Thompson into the goal. Well, Logan Thompson was trying to usher the puck from his right to his left, and he angled it into his own goal. And Philadelphia takes a 2-1 lead. 
Fourth goal of the year for Cam Atkinson from Owen Tippett and Cam York. 17-19 of the first period makes it 2-1 Philadelphia. And that score would hold up through the second period and into the third period. The Golden Knights kept pushing for that equalizer, and they got it late in the third period as Paul Cotter scored an absolute beauty of a goal. Connor falling over, guides it toward Carlson, back to Connor, right wing, into the zone. Connor dips through, shooting, he scores! What a move from Paul Connor, closing from the right side. Vegas ties it, 2-2, eight minutes to play. Second goal of the year for Paul Cotter from William Carlson and Caden Korzak. 12.06 of the third period ties the game at two, and the Golden Knights would continue to pressure the Flyers with 30 seconds left. Shea Theodore gave Vegas the lead. Eichel towards the middle, hands it off Theodore. Theodore approaching, shooting, he scores! 31 seconds to play! Shea Theodore gives the Knights a 3-2 lead! Second of the year for Shea Theodore from Jack Eichel and Braden McNabb. 19-27 of the third period makes it 3-2 Vegas, and all that's left in this game is the final call. Flyers dump it in from center on goal. Glove to the near side by Thompson. Still in play. The clock runs out, and the game has ended. The Golden Knights take a 3-2 victory against the Flyers and have started their title defense 7-0. 3-2 the final score. The Golden Knights defeat the Philadelphia Flyers. Vegas improves to 7-0 on the year. Every single victory continues to add to that historic mark for a defending Stanley Cup champion and how they open up their subsequent season. The Golden Knights tied the record at five, ex created a new record at six, and they continue to add to the record with every successive victory. The Golden Knights next in action Friday, 3 p.m. against the Chicago Blackhawks here inside T-Mobile Arena. We're back with more on the VGK Post Game Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2. Vegas 7-0 to start the year. Best start ever for a defending Stanley Cup champion. And every successive victory is continuing to add to that mark for the Vegas Golden Knights. 14 points on the year. Next in action Friday, 3 o'clock against the Chicago Blackhawks, the Nevada Day matinee game. So it'll be an early start after a, well, a late start in this one tonight. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. And for the Golden Knights, it started off well enough, right? Like you get a goal early on, you get to your forecheck early on, you're crashing the net, you're making life difficult on Carter Hart, and then the Philadelphia Flyers strike twice late in the first period, and all the momentum's kind of sucked out of the game. Second period was weird. It, it was a really strange period because the Golden Knights didn't funnel a lot of volume to the net until maybe six, seven minutes left in the second period, and then that was when Vegas started to really pick their game up. There was a, a bit of a shortening of the bench from Bruce Cassidy. It allowed the players that were playing to get into a bit more of a rhythm, and then one of those players that didn't get to play a ton in the second period, Paul Cotter, he becomes the hero to a degree in the third. It's just an individual move from Paul Cotter. Now, great 
presence from Caden Korzak, the head man of the puck, to William Carlson. William Carlson to find Cotter cutting uh, on the weak side, but then it's Cotter making the play. He goes in in between his own legs, around a defender, and then has the wherewithal to finish it off. That was just a phenomenal individual play from Paul Cotter and Shea Theodore, the late, late heroics, 31 seconds left gives the Golden Knights back the lead for the first time since the first period, and Vegas improves to 7-0 and and is still perfect on this young season. That's going to do it for me here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Post Game Show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 3-2 to two the final, the Golden Knights defeat the Philadelphia Flyers. 702-876-1340. 1340, 702-876-1340. I know it's late. I get it. I do. But the Golden Knights are 7-0. The Golden Knights, again, find a way to win. And, and listen, you can have your opinions. You can feel how you want to feel about the Philadelphia Flyers. They were 3-1-1 coming into this game. You've got a John Tortorella coach team that doesn't give up much on the rush, doesn't give up much inside the zone doesn't really give up much from the slot and yet the golden knights find a way fighting the puck through the majority of the night the golden knights find a way and they continue to add to what has been a historic start to this season as defending stanley cup champions so 702-876-1340 give me a call let's talk about a perfect start through seven games to the season for the golden knights 702-876-1340. Let's go out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? (laughs) Good morning, Ryan. Oh, wait a minute. No, not quite yet. Uh, Not yet, buddy. Come on. (laughs) Feels like it in many ways. I'm signing off tomorrow, Mike, okay? I know this. I get it. It is what it is. (laughs) If you're in Philadelphia and you happen to be listening, for God's sake, go to bed already. It's 2.30 in the morning. It's been a rough one for Philly fans. Oh, what a horrible day to be a well. It's it's a horrible day to be a Philadelphia fan any day. So, really oh boy, <laughs> throwing the gauntlet down. I guess so. I, I you know that comes from uh, years of experience in trying to figure out where their where their next big victory is going to come from. But that's okay. That doesn't whatever they do. That's their business. Well, our business is uh, putting things together and. Coach Cassidy put it really well. He said, and, and Paul Cotter has been my favorite player for probably a year. Hmm. And he, he's got such a great family. He's a good kid. But he, as Coach Cassidy put it, a year ago, this is a kid that might have put his tail between his legs. But not so this time. And that's, that's the maturation process. It sure is, and it's the difference in winning and losing, right? Like, there's going to be times, uh, especially as, as, a, as a young player, and, you know, we're talking about Paul Cotter, but the same can be said for Logan Thompson, right? Like, 
the, the Cam Atkinson goal is a goal that shouldn't come shouldn't go in. But from that point forward, Logan Thompson gave his team a chance to come back and, and win this game. Um, but yeah, I, I think your your points taken, and, and certainly Bruce Cassidy touched on it. When you've got a young kid in Paul Cotter who's just trying to find that consistent game night in and night out, some nights you're not going to have it. Some nights it's going to be a tougher go. And instead of you know, letting that take you out of the game completely. I think Paul Cotter used that tonight as motivation, and the next opportunity he had to bury one, he was going to bury one, and he did, and he did. Yeah, he may he announced with a calling card, this is my season, this is the year I turn the play page, and I'm going to be a great NHL player. At least I think he did. Um, beyond that, I got two other thoughts. Number one is, what a great idea the Frozen Frenzy is. But as your pre-show, uh, your your guest to Ponzi Pazienzo, Mr. Pazienzo, I'm I'm not familiar with his Vince work. Sapienza. Okay, um, he said it very very well. He put it better than anybody I've heard. He said, "Yeah, it's a great idea, but do it on a Saturday later in the year. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they do that?" Well, I, I think that you're you know as much as we all sit here and and think how, of how wonderful it would be to you know, wake up at nine o'clock in the morning and watch hockey until 11 o'clock at night. I think that there's going to be natural fatigue that fit that, that kind of settles in at that point. And at, to me, I don't know if hockey's there yet with it, with an all day extravaganza, but depending on how this went tonight, maybe it's something that you explore in the future. I hope so. I really do. Saturday is the day to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe not up against college football. If they want to get, you know, picky about that, but, Certainly in another month or so, they could pull that off. One other thing, and real quick, and you can expound on this, mm-hmm. guys wear, uh, well, obviously, only in recent years have they worn any helmet at all, let alone a visor over their helmet. That's really a recent innovation. But why doesn't the visor go down lower and protect the mouth? Well, I, I think that that's individual preference, right? And, and thanks, Mike, for the call. I, you... You know, for for my money, if you're looking at NHL hockey players, like they want to have as much control over their their sight lines and their vision lines as possible. Some guys are just used to the visors that they've got right now. There have been other players that have had visors that come down a little bit lower, even ones that that kind of have like an opening for your mouth to a degree. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, NHL players are just comfortable with where they're at right now. And, and I think that if you start to talk about going below the mouth, then you're just talking about a full cage. And I don't know too many NHL players that are going to be on board with going with uh, the fishbowl in that sense. So thanks, Mike, for the call. 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? Hey, Ryan, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Well, that was a pretty fun game uh, to watch, to say the least. But, uh, you know, I, I think Tortorella's really got a good team rolling there in what is supposed to be really a rebuild year for the Flyers and a real rebuild era for them. But um, I think they're a difficult team, and I think they'll be a very difficult team uh, in the East the entire year, um, especially if they can stay healthy. But um, on the Golden Knights side of things, I mean, I, I think you got to look at Shea Theodore mm-hmm. uh, and what he's been able to do uh, as it pertains to supplying pressure, playing up in the zone. Uh, and you're finally starting to see kind of what he was bringing to the table in that, that 21-22 season. Uh, with, I mean, he's already got six points in seven games, and, and that's without uh, Petrangelo in there, who's also going to supply a little bit of offense from the, the DN. But uh, I think there's a lot of positives to look at, uh, and Shea Theodore is definitely one. 
Yeah, Shea's been unbelievable, and thanks, Blake, for the call. Um, there's an ownership that I think he's got with Petrangelo out of the lineup where he, he knows he's going to play a lot. I think he wants to play a lot. He likes to play a lot. We've heard kind of Gary Lawless talk about it uh, the last couple of games is that you know Shea Theodore is up around 26, 27 minutes. He loves that. He gets himself into a rhythm, and I think you're starting to see what that looks like when Shea Theodore is in a rhythm and can dominate a game. Um, he's been phenomenal. He, he's been so, so good, and you know you, you got a couple of goals already – there's not really much else you can say about him. He, he's just been that good for the Golden Knights. Confident, comfortable, playing with a little bit more freedom, I guess would probably be the best word. Assertive when he needs to be. Smart plays in his own zone. Using his legs to, to kind of open up time and space and, and certainly some shooting lanes for the Golden Knights in the offensive zone. Like everything you need him to do. Shea Theodore is doing it, so that's a, that's a phenomenal call. Thanks for that one, Blake. 702-876-1340, that's the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephen. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? Well, Ryan, i got to be honest with you. I was fading there about halfway through the third period. I thought I was going to be going to bed watching the Knights lose their first game of the year, but then when Paul Carr scored that filthy, filthy goal, I went flying, and then Shea Theodore practically ensured that I'm playing an all-nighter tonight. So I'm doing pretty good uh, for the most part. What time, um, hold on. What time do you have to be up in the morning? Oh, uh, about 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. Don't go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be worth it. The Vegas All Night team is pretty much my life now. So <laughs> this is a lot more important than whatever I've got to deal with tomorrow. So, but yeah, this, this 7 0 start by the Vegas Gold Knights, I, I just, I have no words, right? I remember mm-hmm. I called you last year when the Knights had beaten Montreal to improve to 13 and 2, and I was shocked then coming off a Stanley Cup championship to see this team not just breaking the record set by the 1985-86 Oilers, but Mm -hmm. now improving on that record and most likely has a real good chance to improve even further from tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, I I just don't really know what else to say about this night other than that they're truly the best team in the NHL bar none. You got depth scoring across the board. You got a team that runs four lines that has lethal scoring from practically everyone. I mean, you see Paul Carr scoring goals like that, and mm-hmm. a lot of NHL teams look at that and go, why Why do we not have that kind of talent? Sure. You see defensemen like Shea Theodore, who I think is completely underappreciated. He should be a guy that's in the Norris running. Teams look at him and go, well, why don't we have a defenseman like that? And these guys are not exactly the best guys in the lineup as far as, like, overall skill concern. Like, we got guys like Petrangelo, who mm-hmm. is a Norris candidate, uh, in my opinion. We got you know, our top-line guys like Marsh, so Eichel, uh, Stone, you know, guys like that in the lineup. But yet it's depth scoring that continues to come through for this team. And the rest of the NHL, they, they just don't have that kind of depth scoring, at least not every team out there. Like, only the truly elite teams do, but the Vegas Knights just have it the best, bar none. Yeah, you know what, Stephen, thanks for the call. Uh, really good point there. You, you mentioned Paul Cotter making those types of plays, and that's Paul Cotter on your third line. Right, like, and that's that's really the difference. Like, there are teams out there that have that type of talent in their top six, but you know, for the Golden Knights, they have a true and legitimate top nine, and I'd put their fourth line up against really any other fourth line in the National Hockey League too. So, you know, depth is important. The Golden Knights have it in spades, and you know what? They they continue to improve on on the best start to a season for a defending Stanley Cup champion in, in NHL history. It's it's just it's remarkable what they are continuing to do after climbing the mountaintop last season. 
702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, Ryan? Um, I'm good. How was the wood sculpture Stanley Cup? Uh, super cool. That was okay. really awesome. Um, I didn't go up and see it during the, the first game I went to, which was opening mm-hmm. night, because there was no way I was going to be anywhere other than my seat in case, mm-hmm. you know, to miss opening night. Um, but super cool, super detailed. Uh, went up there with my mom, and we checked it out. Awesome. Love it. So I know you have a long drive back to the homestead, so we're just going to keep it short and quick. Um, just a question. What is the over-under on how long Paul Cotter's post-game shower was? Because that goal was absolutely filthy. Yeah, I, I don't know that, that you can come out yet, right? Like, that that's that's the legitimate truth. He, he, the moves, the handle, the dangle, like, everything was ridiculous, but the finish might have been better than the move, and the move was 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 amazing. It was it was beautiful. I like. I'm so excited. I got to see that in person because, like, just nasty. It was mm-hmm. nasty. Okay, so you've seen quite a few impressive goals. Like, does that one is that one the best one you've seen at, at T-Mobile Arena? Oh, that's, that's definitely the nastiest goal I've seen. I think my favorite <laughs> would be uh, Hag got had a Hager bomb in overtime, and I was wearing my retro Hag jersey, and they had they had. Uh, retros on so okay. that one was really cool but nastiest goal absolutely tonight all right great stuff stephanie thanks so much for the call 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us on the other side of the break it's the extended postgame show fox sports las vegas back to your calls on the extended vegas golden knights postgame show here's ryan wallace Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 3-2 to two the final. The Golden Knights defeat the Philadelphia Flyers. Vegas improves to 7-0 on the year. Best start ever for a defending Stanley Cup champion. Ever. And every win improves on that record for the Golden Knights. Next in action Friday, 3 o'clock against the Chicago Blackhawks. Only the 16th time in NHL history that a team has started the season 7-0. The record for a start to the season win streak is 10-0, and 0, so eh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as things progress for the Golden Knights in, in the coming week and a half. Okay, 702-876-1340, that's the number. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I got a couple of things. First of all, when it comes to Cotter, the kid's got swagger. Yeah, You know, and you got to have that to be a great player, and I think he, he's he got it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, I want to give props to Philly Flyers. I mean, they played hard. They're going to yeah. play hard this year. And to be honest, they're kind of like we were last year. Nobody's giving them a chance, and they're coming out fighting. And mm-hmm. now I wouldn't have been so happy if we hadn't have won, but mm-hmm. still, I, I think they did great. And I also don't think it was a fluke that this was planned on the Tuesday when the NBA was starting. Not that ESPN would want to take even 1% or 2% of their share. Yeah, you know, I, I think that there's there's something to it um, in that this was the, the opener. And thanks, Rita, for the call. Something to it in that there, there it was the opener in the NBA. You have all six, you know, all 32 teams playing tonight. I it just it's a it's a it's a cool idea, you know. Top to bottom, it's a cool idea. If, if nothing else from Frozen Frenzy, if you get nothing else from this, 
staggered start times. Like that's something you can do weekdays. That's something you can do weekends. You can have games separated by 15 minutes or starting every 15 minutes, and you can make it a more pleasurable experience for hockey fans to be able to to watch games not have to get into too many intermissions it's just wall-to-wall hockey i think that that might be the direction that you go out of this one uh number two on the philadelphia flyers they work hard and i have all the respect and all the time in the world for a team that doesn't cheat the game and works hard and that was philadelphia tonight i thought they played a really really strong game and they were right there with the golden knights that's got to mean something to them and something to their head coach in john tortorella let's go back out to the phone lines bring in Chris. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, it was a, that was a a close game. Um, That second period was really, uh, really sketchy for a minute. Um, You know, we got to play, got to play a little bit better. I mean, I know we're going to get a first loss. Losses, you know, a team can always bounce from. It's when are we going to get that first one? And are we going to go on a losing streak? And not be injury prone, you know, like we were last season. You know, I know we got a couple of guys out right now and everything, but you know, I'm a diehard fan through and through. I, you know, even if we miss the playoffs this year, I, I got I got the Golden Knights tattooed on me. Mm. I, I just, I think the injuries and the three o'clock game, I question, and not having enough time to practice or even have a warm-up practice is is in question, and, and how come the the league sets up such early games so, like that? So that's more a a like organizational thing because it's a, a Nevada Day matinee, so like you're playing the early game because it's a holiday, because it's Nevada Day, because you want to have a matinee game. Um, I wouldn't worry about not having a morning skate. You know, like there are plenty of times throughout the season where – you know, some guys aren't going to take morning skate. Some guys are going to take morning skate. You have plenty of optionals. Um, I, I wouldn't worry about that. Players tend to more often than not prefer not having a morning skate and, and just getting to an earlier start time and, and getting. To be honest, I, I'd be more frustrated by the eight o'clock start time tonight than I would the three o'clock start time on Friday. Yeah, that that was a little uh, a little frustrating. Um, but the injuries too. I mean. Well, we've as as far as I mean, as far as the injuries go, like you know, you, you don't have Zach Whitecloud, and you don't have Alex Petrangelo. Those are the two players that are out right now for the Golden Knights. Alex Petrangelo seems to be tracking toward playing on Friday. Now we'll see kind of how that goes. But if you get Petrangelo back into the lineup, and if you know what happened to Nick Watt today is is not anything too substantial. You might be down just one regular on Friday, so I wouldn't worry too much about you know early season injuries. You you've been able to navigate it pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it was a that was a close game. It was a fun one though. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for the call, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, you know the the, the schedule kind of is what it is. I, I imagine the Golden Knights will probably take one of the next two days off. They'll be on the ice. If I'm guessing Thursday. And then no morning skate going into the game on Friday, and then it's a back-to-back. So it, it's a it's a tough stretch coming up over the weekend. But if you can get a little bit of rest here between that that kind of that that three games and four nights situation that that waits the Golden Knights Friday, Saturday, and Monday, I think everything will be just fine. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Bring in Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? 
Hey, how's it going? Hey, oh, I wanted good. to revisit that ugliest goal uh, winner and 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 uh, talk about William Carlson's goal the first season where he did a. I think it was a shorthanded goal and he did a behind the back. Yeah, shot yeah, that was against that was against San Jose and it was in the game to win the division. So yeah, that that's yeah. that's a pretty sick goal. I mean, that was a pretty sick goal from Carlson who had what a forty or forty one. Full season, forty-three. Season, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. That's all. Just wanted to weigh on that. I think that goes up there too. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin, for the call. I appreciate it. That goal was phenomenal. Um, this this one from Paul Cotter was pretty sick too. Uh, but the context for William Carlson, you, you probably give him uh, the edge in a tiebreaker. Let's go. Uh, let's let's take a break, and we'll be back with more on the extended post game show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yesterday, the Vegas Golden Knights defeated the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2 to improve to 7-0 on the year. Next in action, Friday, 3 o'clock against the Chicago Blackhawks. It wasn't an easy game by any stretch for the Golden Knights. The Philadelphia Flyers muddied the track about as well as you could possibly muddy the track, and yet the defending Stanley Cup champions found a way. 16th time in NHL history a team has started the season 7-0, and the first time ever that a defending Stanley Cup champion has pushed that win streak to 7-0 to start a year. Vegas had tied it. At 5-0, new record at 6-0, and now they're adding to that history with every successive victory. So we'll see how long the Golden Knights can run this up. By the way, the longest win streak to start a season, 10 wins. So we'll keep an eye on that as it progresses. But last night, the Vegas Golden Knights, they defeated the Philadelphia Flyers. That's going to do it for me here on the extended postgame show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson down here. Making sure everything sounds great. Putting in a, a long day and night's work. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. Making sure that your calls are answered. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Friday afternoon, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.